It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome back to another edition of Ball Don't Lie right here on 1049 The Horn. We like to call it a freak flag. Feel good. Fake it till you make it. Ric Flair. Woo! Football. 5-1-2 Friday edition of Ball Don't Lie right here on 1049 The Horn. Also, also it's a birthday edition of Ball Don't Lie for 1049 The Horn because my man Mike Hardball Hard is celebrating a B-Day today. So we're going to show him some love. We're also going to show a lot of love to the NFL, the Final Four, the AFC and NFC Conference Championships. We'll break it down from every angle. We'll slap it up, flip it, and rub it down. Texas, huge basketball game for the men coming up this weekend in the Big 12 SEC Showdown. We'll get to that and preview that coming up next segment. Also, do it again in the 6 o'clock. And we also got off the record coming up for you at 445 and 545 and your flex at 345. Before we do, let's introduce you to the rest of the crew. He was a second-round pick for the Montreal Expos, but a first-round pick for the Austin Radio Network. He originally committed to the University of Texas, but decided to forego the 40 acres and chase his dream in the cheese. Pippin' ain't easy, but for this man, it's a breeze. He is the birthday boy, Mike Hardball Hard. Happy B-Day. Appreciate it, appreciate it, appreciate it. Happy Friday. I'm so excited. The weekend is here. I got to head to Houston today for my son's uh, soccer tournament. Yeah. But I am excited to be here. One more trip around the sun, my brother, and I'm glad that you are uh, letting me be a part of the show today and enjoying ourselves because – it was this time last year that you and I were having these conversations about me joining these airways, mm. and I invited you to my birthday party, it's and you was that? like, bruh, I'm headed to Houston it this was, weekend. Yeah. You were headed out of town. So and guess what? I'm going to Houston this weekend. Full circle, baby. Full circle, and I'm glad to be here, and I'm glad we get a chance to celebrate today no on doubt. the airways. But let me talk about the man that sits across from me every single day. He hails from H-Town with the get-down. He's a lifetime Longhorn and a very proud card-carrying member 
of DBU, legendary lifetime Hall of Fame member mm-hmm. Derek Johnson said he was the best cover corner he had ever seen. He's a former NFL DB that still has that passion for film study, but he's not a fan of white condiments. But he is a fan of you, the ARN listeners. <laughs> My man and yours, Rod Babers. Appreciate that. Let's not waste any time introducing the real MVP. He's got a hustler spirit, period. Also, uh, he, we don't know what he's paid. We, knew, we know he's underpaid. Also, he's also the owner of Lou, the unofficial mascot of Ball Don't Lie. It is Patrick Davis. What's going on, brother? How you doing? I'm doing good, doing good. Happy <laughs> birthday, Mr. Hart. My man. My man. I appreciate y'all. Uh-huh. Yeah. So uh, do you want to tell people how old you are? Or you want to keep that to yourself? I'm 51, man. I ain't okay. going to lie to the people. I mean, I mean, some I mean, people don't you, like to reveal but that. When, when, you, when you get to this age, it's like you've been watching Seinfeld forever. Nobody really cares, right? You're just like, I'm 51. I'm set in my ways. I ain't changing. So it is what it is. So your boy is 51 years old. People have been telling me I don't look a day over 50. I said, you a lie because I'm 51. <laughs> yeah, my trick was always I tell people I'm like 15 years older than I am, and then I look great for 53. There it is. That is true. There man, it that's is. A, that's a great there way to is. do it. I, I don't mind that at all. That is a good way to do it. Uh, all right, if you want to wish my man hard a happy B day, you can do it on the Specs text line 512 337 3776. You also can hit us up via Twitter. Um, he's at Hardball Harge in the Twitterverse. I'm at Rod Babers in the Twitterverse. And my man Patrick Davis at It's Patrick Davis in the Twitterverse. All right, we got a lot to get into. We'll, we'll review the conference championships. We're going to. Um, hit them from every different angle. We talked about that uh, yesterday a little bit, but uh, this uh, show will fully devote ourselves to breaking down the conference championships. Also, if there is any breaking news uh, from the NFL, we'll let you know about that. I know a lot of Cowboys fans, including my man Harge, um, they're looking out. They keep refreshing the Twitter page and the Twitterverse mm-hmm. to try to see if there's any news on Kellen Moore. Because yesterday it was reported that Mike McCarthy would not guarantee the return of Kellen Moore uh, for next season for the Cowboys. And he said they were going to have their evaluation, uh, essentially their exit meeting um, <laughs> um, or end of season evaluation yep. meetings. They're going to have that. at. He said at latest it was going to be today. So at the latest it was going to be Friday. And if there was going to be any news, we assume... Um, it'll happen at some point before close of business, if there's any news. There may not be any news at all uh, other than, you know, um, Kelly Moore is coming back. Maybe that is the news. A lot of Cowboys fans are hoping it's something else. Well, you know, as I sit back and I think about everything, and I was talking to some friends today at lunch, and everybody keeps trying to figure out what's next for the Dallas Cowboys. And I keep always going back to what you say, that analogy about, Marriage, right? You keep talking about the marriage and maybe sometimes you just reach your ceiling in the relationship. Sometimes things just don't work out. But, and you've brought this up numerous times, when you go to couples therapy, that means that some things aren't good, right? So is that where the Cowboys are? Is this the meeting that Mike uh, McCarthy's in charge of? You know, he's having the exit meeting. Is he at couples therapy? You go see your therapist first and say, hey, man, I want to keep you here. I want to keep you here. But what are you going to do to change, to break that glass and get through that ceiling? And then does he bring Dak in? Did he bring Dak in first? Did he bring Dak in first and say, hey, man, what's the relationship with you and Kellen? Are you good here? Are you happy about this? Or do we need to make some changes? Or make it even take it to another level. Did Jerry walk into the room and say, 
you got to make some hard decisions. I love Kellen Moore. That's why I kept him here. That's why I was going to make him my starting quarterback at the very beginning. And then he ended up getting hurt. That's why I put him as the quarterback coach. What are you going to do differently? Is he the answer? Because now you're on thin ice as well. There's a lot that is in this triangle of this relationship that needs to happen. But let me ask you, Rod, you break down the film. You're a big fan of Kellen Moore. You've talked about it numerous times. Does it does Kellen Moore seem to be the answer or does it need to change? Uh, but, well, it's not really the, the question the, because you can't change anything other than Kellen Moore. That's the point. That's if you're going to make a change, it's not going to happen with Dak. So for sure, you cannot. For sure, you, there's no way salary cap wise uh, without totally uh, essentially tanking the rest of your I don't know the next couple of seasons. Can't do that salary cap wise if you trade or try to you know remove or ex- extract yourself from Dak in some type of way. That's not going to happen. So for me, I don't necessarily think it is a question of you know what they can do uh, with. Dak and with Kellen Moore. No, because Dak is there to stay. Dak ain't going mm-hmm. anywhere. So the question is, what are you going to do with Kellen Moore? And what are you going to do with Mike McCarthy? Mike McCarthy staying, Dak staying. So there you go. There it is. So if you if there is going to be a change, we already know where the change is happening. They've already guaranteed the return of Mike McCarthy. Everybody knows Dak Prescott is Dak Prescott. He's a franchise, and you're paying him for you. You're about to be paying him forty something million dollars, whatever it is. So those two things right now are. The only things that w- there are known factors in this, you know, problem we're trying to figure out in this equation. And right now, Kellen Moore is the unknown factor. To me, that's why he's the unknown factor because he's the one thing that they can change. The, the common denominator, right? He's the one thing they can change. Mike yep. McCarthy is not going to fire himself. And obviously, Jerry Jones is not ready to fire Mike McCarthy. And there's no way they're going to try to emancipate themselves from Dak Prescott. That ain't happening either. So that's why Kellen Moore is on the hot seat, and Kellen Moore is probably out, even though there's no guarantee Kellen Moore is the issue. Right. I'm not saying Kellen Moore isn't the issue, but it could also just be Dak Prescott hitting a ceiling. We don't know. That's why I think they're going to try and experiment potentially with a new offensive coordinator. And then the question is, who do you bring in as the offensive coordinator? Or does Mike McCarthy take more of a hands-on approach, and then it's Mike McCarthy's offense instead of Kellen Moore's offense, because obviously they've been running Kellen Moore's offense still. Very fair. Because they haven't really changed the offense much, even when it was under Jason Garrett. It still looks pretty much like the same offense. I mean, there are some differences, but I think that's just the growth and maturation of Kellen Moore as a play caller and as a play designer. Um, And I think Jerry and maybe a lot of other people want to see Mike McCarthy's offense. Let's see what Mike McCarthy's offense is with Dak Prescott. And maybe maybe it's an offense that will be able to maximize Dak's talent fully. Right. So Right. And whoever you bring in as the OC, unless they're bringing in a system that they run, like I said, I think Mike McCarthy is probably going to have to be more hands-on. And then if he can't do it, bring out the best in Dak, then I think the Cowboys will be ready to move on past uh, Mike McCarthy and then maybe even past Dak. I was just going to say, at that point, it may be both of them. Yeah, we're two years down the line, three years down, having the same conversation we are now. Then you could legitimately say, salary cap-wise, it'll be a much more feasible uh, option for the Cowboys to move on from Dak Prescott as well. Right now, it's not. Right. Right now, it's, you're be, handcuffed to him. That's right. It. And you've signed that big contract. Yeah. And like Patrick was talking about the other day, mm-hmm. when you start looking at the contract breakdown, the only option that you have to even get out of it is after the 23 season. You still have an opportunity to get out of that contract. 
after the 23 season where it's not a big salary cap hit to you, which is, you know, something that is Jerry ready to take that step. And the question that was just posed to us was, when was the last time the Cowboys took a quarterback in the first first round? It had to be Troy Aikman. I think he was the last quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys mm. that were drafted in the first round. Yeah, they took uh, – yeah, no, you, you, it's got to be that. And it has it, to be Troy. Yeah, it has to be Troy. I mean, the Cowboys have drafted the second-fewest quarterbacks in the NFL. Right, you talked about In the that. last 20-something years, I literally did – Rod ran about it yesterday. Yep, yep. The Cowboys just don't draft quarterbacks That's for some reason. Are. I don't know why, but organizationally, they don't necessarily believe that they need to keep drafting quarterbacks. Not always in the first round. Of course, sometimes that's the case. Uh, but just, you know, hell, like the 49ers. <clears throat> 49ers have drafted, what, 13 quarterbacks? <laughs> yeah, they keep um, making since, it happen. Since 2000. And a part of that is it's just it's a it's a healthy organizational habit to draft quarterbacks. It is. Yeah, San Francisco's drafted 13 of them. And that, that doesn't include, you know, acquisitions like Steve Young way back in the day and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Like, as an organization, since Bill Walsh pretty much put his blue, his blueprint in place and his fingerprints on the organization, they've been a, a quarterback-centric Organization, therefore, they they've always drafted and acquired quarterbacks, and it's a healthy habit. And for some reason, the Cowboys do not believe in it, and I don't know why. Uh, and hell, New England was like that forever with Tom Brady. I bought that up several times. Baltimore is drafted ten in that time span. Like I said, some teams are drafting out of desperation. The yep. Jets have drafted thirteen in that time span. Um, so is Washington. So yes, there are teams that do it out of desperation, but there are also teams like the Green Bay Packers who do it because it is a healthy organizational habit to draft quarterbacks, whether you're drafting them for the future, developmental, for an insurance policy behind your quarterback, or whether you're just drafting the quarterback to try to see exactly what that quarterback, the upside that quarterback could be, like a Brock Purdy, and look what the upside is. Um, I just don't understand why the Cowboys won't do it, and they've been the luckiest franchise when it comes to quarterback <laughs> yes. in the NFL. I swear, there's nobody luckier. Think of how many undrafted free agents have become franchise quarterbacks other than Kurt Warner and Tony Romo. It's just not a ton. Yeah, it doesn't I mean, go down hard, like it's that. It's really hard have to think somebody, of some. Yeah. And the Cowboys ended up with one of those, and then they lucked and stumbled onto Dak Prescott uh, with a fourth-round pick when they wanted Connor Cook and Paxton Lynch. So I would love for them, and I said it yesterday, I'd love for them just to start – Drafting quarterbacks. Ron Wolf, famously uh, Hall of Famer GM for the Packers, said, I draft one every year if they let me. I agree. Right. Draft one every year. And then you can continuously keep resetting the organization if you hit on one of those quarterbacks. And all you got to do is hit on one. Right. Keep drafting, you hit on one. Hell, sometimes you hit on more than one, like the 49ers. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You are, or like the, you know, like the Philadelphia Eagles did. Like you, you keep drafting them and you go, oh man, I hit on another quarterback. Isn't I got it amazing one. how Philly always finds one? They found them numerous times. They keep even, drafting them too. They drafted nine since two thousand. Like just keep drafting them. Right. Draft one every other year. Yeah. Just just as a healthy habit, and you go, oh, turns because out. the Cowboys will draft players randomly and they don't even like Tolbert right now. Like Tolbert right now, mm-hmm. he may be a guy that hits later because you drafted him, okay? He's a wide receiver. He may not – the game might have been too fast for him or maybe he wasn't focused. But if he comes back in next year and he goes out and has a big year, then we'll say, okay, I understand why they did that. They did their thing, blah, blah, blah. But if he doesn't, that was a wasted pick right there because you could have got a quarterback in that draft. That's Like you said, yeah. you may or may not hit on him, but you're picking a position at wide receiver that is so deep that you're not making the adjustments. That's the frustrating part about it. And to your point, 
That's why the Cowboys have been that team where everybody is like, what are they doing every single year? Patrick, you you brought it up. I, I was like, the wrong Tyler. That's the wrong Tyler. Well, that's the wrong position. You know what I'm saying? Like, how are you not providing depth at the position that is the most valuable in NFL, in the NFL? It, Brock Purdy's Mr. Irrelevant, and now he's up for rookie of the year, yeah. which people are still asking the question, how? He only played X amount of games. Agreed. I don't know how he's in the conversation, but what are we doing? And if you want to be the most homegrown team, it seems like the position that is the hardest to find yeah. anyway other than drafting Agreed. is quarterback. Because if you get a good one, you're never letting go of them. So it's really hard to find a good quarterback through any other means other than the draft. So everywhere else you can go, hey, man, we can be homegrown. But you know what? we got to go sign a guy in this this position, fill this hole with a free agent. Mm-hmm. But there's, there's guys out there for all this. We need to draft quarterbacks because we want to be homegrown. We want to find our own guys. Yep. And we know if Dak gets hurt – well, we're we're out of luck because we don't have anybody. Yep. We decided not to draft anybody, and then we do. We draft somebody late in the you know in the sixth, seventh round, and you know you can get Brock Purdy, but most of the time you're going to get a guy who, at best, is a backup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. I, yep. yeah. Yep. It's it's not something right now that the Cowboys can can fix or even focus on. So their draft this past year, I get why they had the draft. Tyler Smith and all that, I, I get why they made the picks that they did. Um, my point is this is something you look back, you know, retrospectively, you look back, you know, 20, 25 years, really since Jerry Jones took over, and it's, it's a bad organizational habit. And now that we have a large enough sample size, Awful. we know that they refuse to draft uh, any type of quarterback. And, and ultimately, like I said, they, they lucked into Dak, and that was the right decision for them to make Dak their franchise quarterback. But my point being you might not have – had to be in a position and have to handcuff yourself desperately to Dak if you had a better habit of just drafting quarterbacks, not really high in the draft, just drafting them every so often, middle to late rounds. And I, I think ultimately the happy accident that Dak was, I would say Dak's Viagra, you know, they, they didn't they didn't they didn't plan on discovering Viagra. It was a happy accident. It was some heart medication or something and the, the patients would wake <laughs> yeah. up and they would wake up at attention, strong every morning, right? They I'm woke talking up about strong. The hardcore at attention, yeah. And then they decided, you know what? This drug actually works better. That side effect is more consistent. The byproduct is more consistent than the actual uh, purpose of the drug. So let's just right. turn it into Viagra and say that it's for what it's for. What right? they always um, say on the on the drug, the side <laughs> ED, effects, whatever side, it is. side effects <laughs> may be this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and that's Dak, though, right? Yep. Dak was a happy accident. They thought it was going to be Connor Cook. Thought it'd be Paxton Lynch. Oh, they stumbled upon Dak Prescott and went, "Oh man, he's a franchise quarterback." After mm-hmm. Romo gets hurt, Kellen Moore gets hurt, and then Dak comes out and just plays like gangbusters. And that's great because I truly believe I've said it before. Nobody knows what the hell they're doing when it comes to quarterback. Nobody. So it's no shame in not knowing what you're doing. But the the, the uh, Cowboys don't give themselves enough margin for error. Right. You know what I mean? Like draft more quarterbacks, you have more margin for error. You Because everybody's going to make mistakes when it comes to quarterbacks. But you can make more mistakes if you're drafting more quarterbacks. That's, the Patriots are also a great example of it. For years, they just kept drafting quarterbacks, even with Tom Brady. And what they do, trade them for picks. Some of them became backups for them. Uh, some of those guys became developmental projects. Yeah, they just kept Tom Brady the whole time. But that healthy habit actually gained them a lot of draft capital in the end. And it gave them a, a, a way to reset. They didn't do it with Jimmy G. They decided to pass on Jimmy G's reset. But 
the only way to reset your organization is to draft quarterbacks. Right. That's it. The NFL based most important position. Yeah, the NFL, the NFL decided to give you a tax a tax break. I mean, that's what that's what the rookie wave scale is in the quarterback position. They decided we're going to give you a tax break, and just like the our tax code, Uncle Sam gives you tax breaks for things that are good for the economy, that stimulate the economy, that are good for our way of life. Starting a family, you get tax break. You own your own property, tax break. Own your house, tax break. Start your business, tax break. Quarterbacks are good for the NFL. Yep. They are the faces of the NFL. They sell jerseys, fantasy football, points, everything. That's why the NFL is like, no, 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 we need quarterbacks. Even if they fail miserably, people have more fun talking about failed bust quarterbacks mm-hmm. than they do talking about some really good defensive end, yep. <laughs> some really good T-tackle. That's, that's what the NFL, and the NFL has been smart about that because they don't sell violence and physicality anymore. They sell quarterbacks, and they sell you know points, and they sell offense. And that's why they've basically decided – Listen, if you want to experiment every three or four years with a quarterback and then decide after three or four years you want to reset, now it'll cost you money because you got to pay for it, but it'll be relatively cheap, and the NFL gives you a way to do it. You just right. have to do it by investing in the quarterback position, and that's why they made them so cheap with the rookie weight scale. If you don't have the right quarterback after three or four years, you can move on from them, trade right. them, cut them, whatever, and it really doesn't cost you much. You can draft another one real high and start over. A lot of teams don't. They don't do that. They don't take that approach. But the NFL has had that. Has baked that in to the right. basically the right. new CBA and into the kind of the new salary cap. They they really have baked it in. And I think teams now have understood that you know what we even though we overvalue the quarterback position, we can reset these franchises. The Eagles are a prime example. The Eagles Very have figured out so. you know what there's a life cycle to this thing. There's a life cycle to our salary cap when it comes to the quarterback position. So we have to reset it. And once we get done with that, that four, that four, three to five year cycle, reset. Reset. Because right. we're not going to win it. Keep, we're not going to win it doing what we're doing right now. We got to reset after every three to five years. And that's why the Eagles are where they are right now. Yeah. The, the 49ers kind of do it too. They do it to a certain extent. Well, think about it. They got Jimmy. They had Trey Lance, Mm -hmm. but they traded for Trey. Yep. They drafted Brock Purdy as the Mr. Irrelevant, but before that, they drafted a quarterback as well. And like you said, they just keep drafting them. The Alex Smith to the Kaepernick, they understand it's like, man, it's a three to five year window. And if we don't hit it in that three to five year window, oh, man. And and we don't have an elite quarterback like a Patrick Mahomes or a Burrow or an Allen. Yep. And what what, what are hell? we doing? What are we doing? Yeah. Yeah. What, are, <laughs> what we are we doing? doing? Why are we yeah. pounding our you know brick? Why are we pounding our head against this brick wall, trying to fit you know a square peg into a round hole? Uh, Let's reset and start over. Rod, the only problem is Jerry doesn't want to do that. No, I know, I know he doesn't. No, I'm saying because the, that's yeah. a problem. You're right. You take the chance of being yeah. a five win team, then or right. And, you know, a below you have that part where you got to go out and chase it. I get it. But every week, you're, I mean, every year you're mad. Because other people are doing the things that they need to do to fill that void, and you're the one that does it. Because you think the quarterback position is just something that can be filled. It can't. The success is based on your quarterback and your head coach. You have gave the numbers. You mm-hmm. the, the numbers are there for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the yeah. percentages line up to a certain way. Yeah. That five-year cycle, there's a reason no uh, coach, no head coach – and quarterback have won their first championship together 
after five years of that head coach and that quarterback starting for five years. They have never won their first championship after five years. Right. It's never happened. It doesn't that, go down like that. The, and I, I think more so, and it's, you know, it's obviously pre-salary cap too, but I think once the salary cap kicked in, there's a life cycle to it. Yeah. And unless you find the elite quarterback, it might, be, it might be worth thinking about resetting the whole damn thing. For sure. Uh, and they, like I said, they give you that option. Uh, a lot of teams don't like to take it. Okay, uh, let's get to some men, Texas men's basketball discussion. They're on the road versus uh, Tennessee, the other UT, U lowercase t. I will get into that on the other side uh, and preview that matchup right here on Ball Don't Lie. One hundred four nine the horn. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. 512 Friday edition of Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn. Also, uh, birthday edition because my man Harge is celebrating a B-Day. So, uh, wish my man Harge a happy B-Day on the Specs text line. But 512 Friday, we play jams uh, from local bands and artists. Very talented human beings that you can catch live right here in the ATX. Who are we jamming right now, Patrick? This is Monty Montgomery, and he is playing tonight at Saxon Pub. Oh, nice. Yeah, there you go. My man Patrick, always hooking you up uh, with great spots and great talent uh, that you can uh, go see and places where you can go hang out right here in ATX for 512 Fridays. If you missed those, you can go to hornfm.com, and he gets them posted there for you. All right, let's get to this uh, Texas men's basketball matchup uh, versus Tennessee uh, this weekend because it is going to be a great. It's going to be a great matchup. It's I mean, you epic. Talk, it's it, epic. It really is. Talking about a top ten matchup. Uh, they're number four. I believe Texas right now number ten, and Tennessee is playing some of the best basketball of any team, uh, any college basketball team in the country right now. They've won. Uh, I think 11 games by 20-plus points. That is the most in their program history already. I mean, they are winning in a dominant fashion, and they do it just like Texas does with defense. That's their calling card, and they may have the best defense in the country. They've had – this is the ninth straight week that Tennessee has basically uh, been ranked as the best adjusted defensive efficiency team in the country from the Ken Palm rankings. Um, uh, They're the best field goal percentage defense in the country. Um, They're three-point defense, also uh, the best 21.6% allowed there. And no team has scored more than 70 points on Tennessee uh, in more than a month. The last team to uh, score more than 70 was at Arizona. They scored 75. That's also the last time a team beat Tennessee, gentlemen. Yeah, it's a. This is going to be a uh, top top of the line uh, contest because both coaches know each other so well. Mm. Both coaches understand 
who each person is. They understand the ins and out of each other as far as how you like to run your offense, where you like to be, how you like to run your defense, some of the pluses, some of the minuses. Uh, but the thing that, that I'm looking forward to is the guard play by both teams. Obviously, Texas has to has been depending upon Marcus Carr for a lot of their success. Well, Rick Barnes' team does the same, and they're, they're a very physical basketball team as well. So this is one of those c- contests where, you know, the coaching staffs know each other so well, but this is a bigger thing for the players. As the players go out there and what they're able to do, you're, you're starting to see this. And for me, this is the biggest test for Dylan DeSue, Bishop, and Timmy Allen because Tennessee has some bigs that can go in there, and they, what their main goal is to beat you up. They want to beat you up. Yeah. And you don't – if it comes down to foul trouble, I'm worried about Texas. If they let them go out there and they both become physical, I'm cool with this game. I think that Texas truly has a big-time shot, and the challenge for them has been mental, mm-hmm. and this is the biggest mental road test for them. I totally agree with that. No doubt. I mean, yeah, and knowing the way Rich, Rick Barnes coaches, I'm sure that both him and Rodney are going to go up to the refs before the game and go, hey, man – let him play. Yeah. Let him yeah. let him play. Hey man, if you want to give it one way or the other, go 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 more lenient. Okay. We're yeah. happy with it. Because I know Rick Barnes has always coached that way. I know Texas has been that way for a while now. Is if if you, we prefer that you would let a few things slide and we'll tell our guards they're gonna have to figure it out. Yep. Mm-hmm. We think they're good enough to get through that. But if you call everything inside, this is gonna be a long game. And we yeah. don't want that. I will say I think it's gonna be a big game. For our guards, and especially Marcus Carr, is that he's going to have to keep his turnovers down. Absolutely. And this is a game where you can get to the paint and score. They don't necessarily have great rim protection, but they're really good at stopping you before you're getting there and getting the ball out from you and cutting Mm -hmm. off pass. So it's something where you have to be careful not to make, you know, weak passes, trying to do too much and get in the paint, dribbling too much. All those things lead to turnovers, lead to possessions without shots in them, which are just lost possessions and. I hate lost possessions. I, we all hate lost possessions. So, <laughs> I hate lost possessions. And that, that's when I think it's going to be very big for Marcus Carr to not only does he need to score and be productive against a very good defense, you also have to keep those turnovers down. Yep. Yeah, no, that's a big part of it. I mean, this could end up being a game where uh, there are a lot of different factors that could play a role. I think you're right about how they call the game, which means free throw shooting mm-hmm. could be big. Uh, which is good for Texas. That is good. They've been yep. shooting really well from the yep. free throw line lately. Yep. Uh, turnovers, of course, uh, could end up being really big in this matchup. Um, and, you know, uh, Tennessee just got – I mean, they had uh, – what's his name? Zachary uh, Ziegler? Mm-hmm who was dealing with an injury, but he's been back for the last couple of games, and, man, he's been playing phenomenal. He's a beast, man. Yeah, they got to they gotta figure out a way to neutralize him. He's got, in the last three games, how about this, 21 assists and nine steals, nine three-pointers in the three games since he returned to the starting lineup. And, yeah, he's, <laughs> he's averaging. He's doing his thing. In, in SEC play, he's averaging over seven assists per mm. game in SEC play. Yeah, that's nice. He, I mean, yeah, that's he, nice. He's the straw that stirs the drink for them, and I know they got. I mean, they got ballers all over the place. They just one guy because uh, San Santiago uh, Vasovi, is that his name? I will go with Sp- that. Vascovi. Yeah, he's scary too. Um, and he really is. I mean, he's 
Uh, he's one, he's the leading scorer, I believe, uh, around a little over twelve points per game. Um, but man, twelve point two. Yeah, but if you if watching the games or at least watching the last three games, man, Zakari Ziegler's just he's playing the best basketball maybe of anybody on the team right now offensively. Yeah, that's that's going to be the guard matchup. They they play their offense is a little bit different than what Texas would play like, right? So. They have a two guard set. Texas likes to play the three guard set a lot of the time, but their their guys are five nine, little short guy, and then a six three, six eight, six six, and six nine. Mm-hmm. So that is why I keep saying if they let them play, number one, and number two, if they can match the physicality which is played in the SEC by what they've been doing mm-hmm. uh, throughout the season, Texas has a really good shot at winning this game going into Knoxville, Tennessee. I firmly believe that. But to what Patrick was saying about Marcus Carr, which Marcus Carr are we going to get? Is this the game where he tries to showcase himself, or does he try to showcase his teammates and then find his flow? Because if if they can get into this game early, this could be a big, big Saturday for, for the Texas Longhorn basketball team. Yeah, I mean, Marcus Carr, uh, he's leading the team in scoring, assists, steals, minutes per game. MVP. Yeah, shooting Big 12 player of the 42% year. 42% from three-point range, uh, and he scored at least 20 points on six different occasions so far this year. And, yeah, I mean, his, his mid-range game <laughs> has been immaculate lately. Mm-hmm. Uh, love is the, the step-back jumper that he's kind of making his signature. He has been phenomenal, so I'm with you how he starts and more importantly, um, if he's able to get others involved and, and create for others, that would help. The the juice that you've gotten from guys like Dylan DeSue lately, though, too, man, if Dylan DeSue stays on this pace, and he's been great the last three games, um, averaging you know mm-hmm. nearly like 12 points a game, but he's been really good just on both ends of the floor for you. That's another guy that hopefully that, can, that continues and that travels on the road for you. That can be big going up against a team like Tennessee. Yeah, and I mean, I think that this is going to be – you could see parts in this game too where both teams play a little bit more small ball and you basically go into it with Timmy Allen at the four and a DeSue, uh or you know a Christian Bishop at the five mm-hmm. just because both teams do have a, a lot of guards that can play really well and they have a few guards with size, Tennessee does. So you're able to put together a lineup where you could see, especially if there is foul trouble and they do start calling fouls on both sides, where they just go, hey, man – Let's let's go smaller and try and outrun them. Mm-hmm. And if they go that mm-hmm. way, then it'll be an interesting game. But I agree, that's still a point where if you're running small ball lineups, that is where a Dylan DeSue can feast mm-hmm. because it, it's it's a lot harder to get help defense on a small ball. And you got to hit threes. And, I mean, you just got to shoot about 35%, 40%. But if you can <laughs> shoot 35 40% instead of 20%, uh, that's how you break defenses. And that's, again, where we get back to Marcus Carr not turning the ball over because we see a lot of the times where he gets a little too dribbly is where three-pointers aren't falling. They're, so the defense is able to play a lot more on ball. And once you get to there, it's where he's trying to get to the paint. Guys keep moving over. Guys aren't spread out as much because they're not having to cover out and cover the three-point line as hard. And then you get into dribbling into traffic, and that's where turnovers happen. Mm. Best three-point defense in the country. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, it's the best defense argument in the yeah. country, period. Yeah. doesn't matter. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, Texas, we know that Texas can can score against good defense because they play in the Big 12. So that's, you know, that, yeah. that gives you, even, you know, we, talk, we talked about that versus Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State, not really in a prolific offense, but they were one of the better defense in the country, and Texas scored a lot of points. So Texas can score. Um, you know, really it's about being on the road and dealing with the inevitable adversity and what form it's going to take, whether it's yep. officiating, whether it's – Foul right, trouble, right? Whether it's gonna it, something's gonna happen, we, whether it's a drought, yeah. Oh, please, no, don't be a drought. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> please Five don't go minutes. to that that yeah, that, that one that we saw just recently, exactly. Where it was like, what was it? Eighteen minutes. They went nine and nine in both halves. They went, yeah. They, one was ten, and one was like, yeah, yeah. Eight, one was yeah. eight. Yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah. Uh, damn, no don't do that. Yeah, exactly. Don't but, do that. You're on the road. <laughs> on the road, you're going to see some, and face, facing a top five team. There's right. going to be some adverse, especially playing, you know, at their place. They're going to be hype. Uh, what is it? Is it, uh, is it not game day? Who's in town? Yeah, it is yeah, game, game day. day. Oh, they call it game day? Yeah, too? it's college game oh, day. I thought they for, called it. Yeah, no. I, I know they called it game day, yeah, too. Yeah, they call it game the day. The game day is going to be in town, so it's going to be hype. And like I said, it's going to be lit. Yeah, it could be, a, it could be a slow start for Texas, which mm-hmm. is also something that's happened for Texas, a slow start to a game. So there will be something that they have to overcome in this contest to win it. Yeah. They're not going to play a perfect game. No. It's just not going to happen. Um, and that'll be that'll really be, to me, uh, the narrative and how Coach Terry handles it. He's in really well. Well, I would say coaches are problem solvers, solving problems for this Longhorn basketball team when they've arrived. Sometimes he has to do it after a loss, but that happens because you're playing in the most competitive conference in the country. But I sometimes he's doing him in game. Love the story that Patrick told yep. a couple oh, of wow. weeks ago about yeah. him, you know, breaking out the video and showing the guys, you know, what they were missing and uh, what they had to do and the adjustments that were, that needed to be made. Um, but making sure they saw it visually. Um, so that they could they could go out there and execute. So that's what he's going to do in this game too. He's going to be a coach, man. Solve the problems. Yep. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. This is going to be because we've seen Texas so many times this season get loose with the ball, and if you do that early against this Tennessee team, it could be really quickly 8-0, 12, you know, 12-4 or something like that. And you just get that point where it's like you got to climb for the entire first half to try and stay in it, so that you can get into the second half and try and go win the game. You don't want to do that. You want to protect the ball early. And even if you're not getting making shots, you need to be getting shots up, and you need to be trying to attack that rim because that's when Texas offense looks the best is when they are able to play inside out, but not necessarily post player inside out mm-hmm. old school way, but by driving in the paint, making the defense start to collapse, pull off of those three point shooters, and then you can get some big open threes, which makes them come back out, go back inside, and just work that way on the defense for the rest of the game. Yeah, totally agree. I love it. Yeah, it's it's gonna be a hell of a challenge. I'm excited for them. Um, hell, they. I was looking at the uh, roster and man, just, Tennessee is just deep. They man, really man. Are, that is a deep squad, man. Texas is they're deep. Built, Texas, they're built in Rick Barnes's identity, image, yeah. right? That's who they are. The That's who tough. he is. Yeah, they're tough as nails. Exactly. Because um, Rick Barnes always had tough teams. So yeah, it'll be. Uh, right now, they are, like I said, considered to be the best defense in the country. Um, so Texas will uh, be tested, no, uh, no doubt. But Texas, as long as their defense travels, they'll be in the game, no doubt. That is the uh, that's that, that's the it, most important part. Yeah, for Texas. Texas defense travels; they'll be in the game in clutch time. And yeah, then it's about going to win the game in clutch time. And I think just like all the Big Twelve games, this game will come down to the last five minutes, and the game will be close within five points. Who pulls away? Who separates? Probably based on. You know, clutch performances by your big time players. Hello, Serge Ibari, Serge Ibari, Timmy I think, Allen. I think he's going to be 
it, between Serge Ibari and Bryce Cunningham, I mean Bryce. Brock, Brock, Brock Cunningham. Yeah. I was mm-hmm. like, Bryce, who's Brock? That's his brother. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <I'm joking. laughs> That's Kid Bone. It's his twin. <laughs> uh, between those two, I think those are going to be the X factors in the game okay. tomorrow. That's big. Yeah, yeah. Brock's been – man, I, I love the stat. I think Craig Ray gave the stat that he's shooting like 50% from three-point range in Big 12 play. Yeah. He's been unbelievable. Yeah, he's been on point. And that's that's why I believe that those two are going to be the X factors to win the game. I know that sounds like I'm going out on the limb on those two because, you know, Serge Jabari Rice has been a major factor coming off the bench. But those two – because Brock is so physical – and how is he going to handle it, going back to what we were talking about with the referees? Are they going to let them play, mm. or are they going to be calling those chippy fouls? Because Brock, can, Brock has been borderline. He could have fouled out in a lot of games because of the way that he plays. And his reputation. And he's got a history of yeah, it, he's got right? So I'm hoping that they let him go out there and be that physical player that he enjoys being and letting him play a little bit. I understand there's going to be some fouls that you have to call, but most part – let them let them go out there and play. Tennessee nine and one in home games, uh, so uh, they've it, it's hard. They're hard, that team that's hard to beat at home, but Texas has been you know decent on the road as well. So big test, uh, big, biggest test uh, yet to date for Texas no on doubt. the road. Um, so uh, looking forward to that Saturday. Um, you'll be able to hear it right here on one oh four nine the Horn. Okay, we'll talk about talk about talk about that a little bit more in the six o'clock. We'll get to breaking it down, but we'll. Come back, get into the flex, and then top of the 4 o'clock, we'll get back to conference championship previews. All of that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn. Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. 512 Friday edition of Ball Don't Lie. We play jams that, uh, you know, actually jams from very talented human beings that you can hear live right here in the ATX. My man Patrick lets you know exactly how you can do that. Who are we jamming right now, Patrick? This is Otis Wilkins, and he is playing tomorrow at Hole in the Wall. Uh, oh, 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 Otis? You talking about old <laughs> Otis over there? <laughs> uh, there you go. My man Patrick cooking you up 512 Friday. You miss any of those suggestions for a 512 Friday, please go to hornfm.com and you can uh, catch up with them there. He'll have them uh, listed there for you. Okay, uh, FLXATX.com, FLXATX on all of your social media platforms. And right now, uh, actually, shout out to my man Anthony Williams because his uh, It's My Time showcase for uh, local um, unsigned seniors and JUCO transfer portal players. That showcase, actually, which is happening February 5th, um, there's more information about how you can take part in that showcase up on the Flex website. There you go. Check no doubt. that out, too. Um, he's always trying to show some love and give the uh, young student-athletes out there a chance uh, to showcase themselves and to put their uh, their skill set on a much bigger platform. So uh, shout-out to my man, Anthony Williams. Man, he's always doing good work. Now, you know, the funny thing about that is, and I had a chance to talk to Anthony last night because he, uh, he came and hung out for a little bit, and we got a chance to break it all down. The funny part about it is a lot of these kids that – they're not the number one guys in the in the nation, right? You're, you're not getting the Notre Dames. Mm-hmm. You're not getting the University of Texas, Baylor, whichever school, D1, that you're looking at. But there's also a lot of opportunities for you at the JUCO level. There's a lot of opportunities for you at the Division II, mm-hmm. the one AA, and this is your time. If you missed out on your opportunity to go to some of these D1 schools that your goal was always to be that, 
everybody has that goal. Yep. But sometimes it's not for you. But you can go and be successful at another level and then get those opportunities. The transfer portal is always open. Go out there, give yourself a shot, and get a chance to get in front of some of these coaches. But I will tell you this, and this is something that Anthony and his crew are always talking about. If you don't know what your grades are, what your GPA is, what's going on with you in school, Mm -hmm. that is probably why you're not getting some of those looks. But I will talk about something in the Hard Knocks life when we come up that the NCAA just passed a rule just recently where you're not having to take the ACT and the SAT anymore to get into Division I schools. What you need to do is make sure your core classes are setting you up to be able to get in now. Yeah. So, so that's a huge, huge uh, news by the NCAA. Yeah. I mean, that is new. Yeah. Cause, Brand uh, new. Yeah, I was going to say, because yeah. uh, the SAT, I remember oh, having to gosh. have a certain score just oh, to qualify. Oh, my gosh. Multiple time tester. Uh, yeah. No, I remember <laughs> that. Uh, and so uh, you can go check it out, man. That's uh, it's a really cool showcase that's happening February 5th. And as Harsh mentioned, yeah, if you don't have, you know, the star rankings, you haven't been getting a lot of offers, it's a great way for you to get some certified uh, testing results. Exactly. Because they, they use the same kind of verified laser testing that they do at the combine to do at the national combine so that's something you can also get in addition to having the grades my man harsh mentioned got to have the grades together but you can also get your verified testing numbers um for all of your drills and get some eyes uh, get some eyes on you and start some buzz so um, you can go check out more information about that at flxatx.com there's also uh the basketball schedule for tonight's uh slate of basketball games here in the area at the high school level you can go check that out at flxatx.com and the interview uh, that a man uh, Chad and Zay did with the Stony Point basketball head coach Antoine Thompson is also mm-hmm. up there for you. You can go check that out at flxatx.com. All right, uh, we come back. We are continue to celebrate Mike Hodge's birthday. So B Day celebration, <laughs> B Day edition of Ball Don't Lie. So uh, say uh, what's up and happy birthday to the birthday boy. You can do that on the Specs text line 512-337-3776. We come back. We'll break down the conference championship games from every angle. We'll start talking about the final four of the NFL right here on Ball Don't Lie. I wonder if we're not the horn.